When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Shots ring out in a barroom night Enter Betty Valentine from the upper hall She sees a bartender in a pool of blood Cries out, my God, they killed them all Here comes the story of the hurricane The man hurricane. The There it is Denzel there Washington. It is. it is Denzel Washington's birthday today. Oh. Want to do that? And the hurricane actually came out 21, 23 years ago tomorrow. Nice. So a double there while we can play the hurricane. That's why today. I was letting it play a little bit longer. Hurricane. I <laughs> yeah, like he's that. He's going to say the name of the movie. That's right. He did say that. That's right. It's midweek movie theme uh, edition of Ball Don't Lie. And my man Patrick Davis, as he always does, stumps us until the 4 o'clock hour and then kind of <laughs> leads us to the promised land. And finding out that the hurricane. But joining us right now on the Vaqueros Cafe and Cantina Hotline is one of my good friends. He's always bringing the, the noise over at Orange Bloods. You can always follow him on his uh, social media media at Anwar Richardson uh, on social. But he's also part of the Drunk Uncle podcast. And I've always been a guest on there and it's been a lot of fun. But what's going on in San Antonio, my man? How are you doing? I, I, I'm just trying to understand. You guys might be the only brothers that reference the Denzel movie with Hurricane as opposed to Training Day. <laughs> I just want to make sure. Are y'all okay? Blink twice if you need help. Hey, help you me, know, help hey, Onward. That is simply because Training Day has cussing in every song on that soundtrack. <laughs> Very true. And I did not want to have to edit every song. <laughs> I'm doing good, brothers. I'm, I'm here in San Antonio. We're getting ready for the Alamo Bowl. Uh, you know, obviously that's going to be uh, tomorrow. We've had a great, great week of availability. We've had, you know, uh, Kyle Flood, Pete Krakowski has spoken, Steve Sarkeesian spoke today. Uh, so, you know, it's, it's it, you know, there's a lot of good things, a lot of uh, activity that's going on. I'm right here, you know, around the, around the Riverwalk uh, area at, the, at this moment. Uh, I'm standing in front of Fogarty Child to talk to you guys. Uh, but you can see a, 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 a lot of activity, more Texas fans are coming in. It's kind of tough. Uh, you know, I talked to one of the organizers, you know, for the Alamo Bowl. They say it's, you know, they love when Texas comes because they know it's a sellout, but it's tough for the local merchants because, you know, no one's going to stay for four or five days like they would for someone from out of town. Right. Um, but, yeah, but, but nonetheless, you can start seeing a lot of Texas fans that are, that are rolling around, a lot of more burnt orange uh, that I'm sure is going to start to take over and devour uh, downtown San Antonio. Yeah, you know that's coming up quick, too, because everybody's going to start heading down there. Everybody's pretty much just relaxing for the week and being prepared for this game. And let's be mm-hmm. honest about it, it's going to be a new look 
so to speak, uh, offensive side of the ball for the Texas Longhorns. You're not going to be with uh, B. John Robinson. Rojo's not going to be there as well because they have opted out. So what have you been hearing about Jonathan Brooks and the way that he's been carrying himself mm-hmm, at mm-hmm. practice along with uh, Jaden Blue and, of course, Keelan Robinson? Great question. So, you know, Jonathan Brooks, uh, yeah, I've been hearing nothing but positive things about him this week, uh, whether it was Kyle Flood or Steve Sarkeesian, even some of the players. You know, they, you know one of the things that Sarkeesian talked about uh, today, you know, he said, look, he, he, he's got natural runner in, instincts. You, you describe him as a guy who's a natural runner, knows how to get through the tackles, you know, great instincts, all those kind of things. He said their biggest message to Jonathan is just be yourself. Don't try to go out there and be like Bijan. Don't try to go out there and be like Roshan. Don't even try to go out there and act like you have something to prove. We know what you can do. Just do what you do. Just be yourself. And I've talked to a lot of people who have seen Jonathan in practice. And the thing that's been interesting, um, you know, when, they, when people have talked to me about him, is that they've told me, like, hey, Onward, don't be surprised if you don't really see a huge drop-off in production when Brooks comes in because he's just that good. Now, when someone tells you that, and you're talking about going from Bijan to Jonathan Brooks, <laughs> and they're telling you don't, don't believe in that there's going to be a drop-off in production, usually your first question is, okay, are you taking a P-test at your job? Because <laughs> that, can't be, that can't be accurate. Right. But people keep talking about the positive things that, you know, that about him. Uh, you asked me about Jaden Blue. One of the things that Kyle Flood had talked about yesterday when we talked about Jaden Blue, he said, you know, and you guys played sports, so you can understand that. You know, Jaden Blue was a guy that was buried on the depth chart, so it's hard for a young person to kind of stay engaged when they know they're not going to really play. Right. But now he knows he's got the opportunity to play, and they said they have seen just an uptick as far as he is concerned. They've been able to see a lot more activity from him. They can see him more engaged. They can see him being a person that uh, is really taking advantage of this opportunity. So you've got they, – they feel really good and positive about everything they've seen about Jaden Blue. And then Keelan Robinson, you know, he still comes in. I don't think his role is going to change. I, fellas, I think he's still going to be that guy that's kind of like that, that you know, I don't, I don't want to say gadget because that's not, that's kind of, I don't want to be disrespectful, but, you know, he's going to be the guy that gets his limited amount of snaps you know, going into receiver roles and kind of like a change of pace kind of back. So you look at Jonathan Brooks, Jaden Blue, and then, uh, you know, Joseph Keelan Robinson. They're trying to say it's going to be by committee. I don't necessarily know if that's going to be true. I think we'll see a lot of Jonathan Brooks. And from everything I'm hearing, uh, you know, Jonathan Brooks is going to do, you know, should do okay, uh, especially against the Washington defense that's really, you know, as you guys know, isn't really known for being that great. Right. That, that is right on point, my friend. And we'll get to that Washington defense and the matchup here in just a minute. We're talking to Anwar Richardson. You can follow him on Twitter at Anwar Richardson. You can also find his work over at orangebloods.com. He also does the Drunk Uncles podcast, and that is one of the best ones out there. I crack up every time I listen to it. But I wanted to ask you this, I wanted to ask you this man. You know, we were talking a lot about the offensive side of the ball with – the running back room. Well, let's talk about the wide receiver room as well. You know, mm. Xavier Worthy's been getting a lot of pub. I believe you were the one that asked him the question yesterday about going into right. 2023. But I also wanted to talk a little bit about some of these young wide receivers, like a Casey Kane and possibly even seeing uh, Savion Red or, or Brennan Thompson. But another name that I want to continue to push 
is my man Jordan Whittington. I think he's been one of the most mm-hmm. underutilized parts of this offense. Um, is that something that Sark has kind of realized as well and kind of addressed, or is it still let's try to get the ball to X-Men and go from there? I think it's the latter. And listen, you got to remember, like, Sark wants big plays. You know, he believes in, in doing no that. Doubt. So he's not a guy that's going to settle, you know, for, you know, the other things. Like, he, you know, there's – think about the, there was a game where I think Xavier got, like, 14 targets or something like that. Like, he, he still wants that to happen. But I think what the thing that Sark has kind of communicated is that he said that, you know, he's noticed in this bold practices that the passing game, especially the deep game, has been better than it's been all throughout the season. He said it's been better the last few weeks than it's been for months. They feel like the light has come on for Quinn Ewers. They feel like it's all started to uh, – he, he's able to take a step back. Because, you know, it's, it's hard in the season. Because in the season, you're going from one, one game to another to another to another. It's game prep, it's game prep, it's game prep. You don't really have time to work on timing with guys. But I think that there's been a humbling for, for Quinn. You know, over the last four games, Quinn hasn't thrown for over 200 yards. And so he's been able to kind of be able to look at that. And so Sargis feels like, hey, you know, Quinn and Xavier, everything I'm hearing, they have a better connection. They've been able to kind of figure it out and sort it out and work out whatever the things are that they needed to occur. And so I think what you'll see a little bit more of is, is Xavier because – Sark understands he's explosive. You know, you guys, how many times did he have a press conference and tell you, you know, he's had, what, 21 touchdowns or 22 games or something to that effect, right? So every time. he understands that. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> like, if you had to do a shot every time you said it, like, how drunk well, would you be? Exactly. You know, but, and so he understands that. It, you know, so I think you'll still see the Jordan Winnington's of the world. But, you know, I think, I think the focus is still going to be they, they've got to make sure that the, the, the connection – with Quinn and Xavier is good. And look, you know, it, 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 it will help them not only for this game, but going forward. Like, you, you want Xavier to feel, with the, with the threat of the transfer portal being out there, you want Xavier to feel comfortable, feel comfortable with Quinn, feel like they've got a good connection, and it makes sense for them going forward to continue this relationship. So I think that's important for a lot of, uh, a lot of reasons. But I've been hearing nothing but positives as far as what they've been able to do in bowl preparation leading up to the Alamo Bowl. Talk about the defense, Anwar. You, you know, this is going to be a big challenge for them because Michael Penix Jr. and those wide receivers are pretty lethal. I mean, he leads the, the country in passing yards. He's an explosive player. He's experienced. He understands the offense. And just like we've been talking about for Texas, this is a big game for leading into next year. He can put himself in the Heisman Trophy conversation. This team could be one of those teams that everybody's going to be talking about because they're bringing back so much experience. How does the Texas defense match up, in your eyes, against this mm-hmm. offense from Washington? So I asked the Washington coach, you know, Kayla Nabor, I asked him about, you know, Texas, and he said, like, the one thing I asked, I asked him, I said, like, what, when you went back, and you watched the film, was there a game that really jumped off the screen to you? And, and Coach DeBoer said it, it really wasn't a game, but the thing that he noticed was that Texas was so physical on defense. He said they had so much physicality that they brought, you know, week in and week out, you know, whether it was against a defending na- a national championship kind of team or it was anybody else. So he was like, he talked about them needing to rise up to the level 
that Texas has had. You know, Baron Sorrell has been a guy you guys know you guys have talked about, but he's been a guy that the coaches have talked about this week, a young player who not only is doing good this season, but a person that they expect to have a breakout year even next year, right? You've got, I've, I've heard, you know, Tavondre Sweat was the guy that Sarkeesian praised uh, today talked about how he has become a leader because we when asked about, okay, with the absence of Bijan, with the absence of Roshan, you know, some of those leaders that are there, even DeMarvion, who have become some of the leaders. And he pointed to Devondre as a guy that's become, you know, this huge, gigantic leader that he said when everyone talks, when he talks, he, essentially everybody listens to him, right? Um, and so, you know, I think if you're a Texas fan, what you've got to feel good about is that overall – the defense has been consistent all year long. There's been, there's been a couple of bumps in the road, but you know what this team is able to do against an Alabama. You know what this team is able to do against a TCU, right? You know what they're able to do against high-powered offenses. They've been able to kind of like slow those guys down. And so, you know, DeMarvion is the only guy, you know, from that defense that you're not, that's not going to be there. And they've got tons of other guys that are coming back that'll be ready to go. So you still got your John A's that are that are out there. You still got Deshaun Jameson for you know one more game. So I think from a Texas defense standpoint, you've got to feel good about their one their tackling ability, um, you know, two their ability to get pressure uh, on the quarterback, uh, and three you got to feel good about the schemes that they're going to you know uh, draw up in order to try to slow them down. You're right. Everything you said, Washington is doing a fantastic job this season. But it's, it, 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 I, I would just say this, and I, I hope that I'm not wrong about this, And but, you know, we've heard about these Pac-12 teams in bowl games before. Yep. You know, we heard about how good Utah was in the bowl game coming in and Texas won. We heard about how good Colorado was, and then we saw what Texas was able to do. Let, yeah, I'm not saying Penix is not good, but I, if I see a defense that can slow down Bryce Young, who we, is con, the consensus number one uh, quarterback uh, going into the 2023 draft, you've got to feel comfortable. It is not cocky, but you've got to feel good to at least believe that Texas has a chance to slow down Washington based off of the production and the results of the season. And speaking of the defense, uh, is it safe to say Diamante Tucker Dorsey is going to be the one that is going to be filling that void left by DeMarvin and Overshawn? Yeah, I think that's safe to say, you know, but again, you know, it's one of the, it's, it's the interesting thing about that situation is that, uh, no, I don't, by the way. Um, I'm sorry, someone was asking me uh, how to get into <laughs> this restaurant. <laughs> I mean, to get settled, I'm actually trying to do an interview with you guys or anything like that, so I have to let her slide. I- yeah. Oh, I guess he didn't let her slide. Oh, no. <laughs> got cut off. He got cut off. Yeah, but because I, w- I wanted to know about who was going to fill in for that for that position because that was a big part of the success that Texas had over the season was the way that DeMarvian Overshawn was able to go out there and make plays and kind of fly to the football. And now that that's going to be gone, and who's going to fill that void? Because we're also trying to figure out what's happening leading into the next season. And that's going to be a major, major move for for what Texas is going to do. Because you still have David Benda that's there. Um, you got Di- Diamante Tucker Dorsey. 
Jet Bush is there, but he's playing more of the middle linebacker. So you're going to end up having to move some guys around to try to fill that void, and that's something that I'm kind of curious to. But I did like the fact that he kind of poo-pooed on the fact that uh, what they were able to do with Washington. Anwar, are you back, bro? Man, I got to pay this Metro PCS bill. I don't know what happened. That's what happens guys. when you're dealing with a cricket. That's what happened, man. <laughs> but I was, but I was, what I was trying to say, I don't know, I was still talking and everything. Um, what I was trying to say was, but, you know, you have Jalen Ford, you know, and, and, and so when you have Jalen Ford kind of leading your linebacker core, you feel good about, you know, that. So, yeah, you have Diamante that to fill in, but as long as you got Jalen uh, that's in there in the linebacker core, I think you got to feel strong uh, about, you know, Texas and what they're able to do defensive-wise. And last thing before we let you go, my man. Um, yeah. Talking about the quarterback position, Quinn Ewers obviously has been the the topic of discussion for quite some time now, whether it was him coming in Mm -hmm. at the beginning of the year, what was expected of him as the season went on, and now where he is when he's had more time to kind of take a step back, look at everything, see where he was good at, what what he was good at, where he needed to improve. And one of the things that I was talking about throughout the season, and I think you and I even talked about this, was his footwork. What have you heard about him working on his fundamentals again and getting back to the basics? Because you can get away with that when you're playing against lesser players. But when you're playing against like-minded and like athleticism, you got to turn it up and you got to ratchet it up. Has he made some of those adjustments Mm -hmm. during this time? Yeah, there's been the belief that his footwork has improved. Like one of of my sources that I've talked to is like he, he understands the, the necessity to move around the pocket a little bit more by himself some time and not just be kind of like a stationary object. Also understands, like, even though he's not a runner, um, that if he needs to run and get out, that he probably needs to go ahead and do that. But I've, I've heard a lot more confidence from people as relates to Quinn, you know, about these bold practices. And I've had heard it really in a long time. And I would say this, the last thing I'll say on this, and then I'll let you go. I think if you're Quinn, your ideal situation right now is that you have a performance like Casey Thompson did in the second half of that Alamo Bowl. You want to shut the door on any talk of, of Malik Murphy coming in next year and maybe taking your job, any talk of Arch coming in and potentially taking your job. The one thing I think Quinn can do is just solidify himself and I have everybody going to the offseason saying it was a young quarterback that needed to learn. But, you know, here he is. He's sort in the Alamo Bowl. Let's ride going forward. What you don't need is a kind of iffy performance where the coach himself, you know, is, is questioning, hey, is this the guy or is this not the guy? I'll, I'll, I'll close on this. You know, I feel like, I feel like when I, Steve Sarkeesian, as it relates to quarterbacks, I feel like he's dating quarterbacks until he finally decides to marry one. You know, I feel like he, he dated Hudson Card and then decided, no, that's not it. He dated Casey Thompson, decided, no, that's not it. Right now, he's dating, you know, Quinn Ewers. And, and right now, he's going into the offseason saying, I may expect a quarterback battle. If Quinn could go in and have a strong performance, then at least he can move a step closer to being that number one guy that, you know, you can you go ahead and check the box and not have to worry about going to the 2023 season. 
That's fair enough right there. And I really enjoyed that part of it because you're right. You start looking at it. Am I dating this or am I married to this? And there's a lot of times you don't want to get married. You just want to date. <laughs> that's where he's Who at. Who you telling? <laughs> Who you telling? Do you know how many times I've been divorced? <laughs> you, you're absolutely right. You are 100% correct, man. I appreciate you jumping on with us and go and enjoy your, your time out there at Foca de Chow, bro. That's my man, Anwar right, Richardson, brother. right there. You can follow him at Anwar Richardson, or you can go and find his work over at orangebloods.com. Yeah, Patrick, when you start sitting here and you look at how this team is going into this game and what the expectations are, you can look at their defense, or look at Washington's offense, but we keep forgetting the fact that everybody on Texas's defense is back. Everybody's playing in this game except for Debo. Yeah. And that's a, I mean, granted, it's a huge void, but there's been a lot of snaps played by everyone that is on the field, including Diamante Tucker Dorsey. I mean, he's been on the field quite a bit uh, throughout the season. He's an experienced player coming in from James Madison. Uh, He's going to have those opportunities. I know everybody keeps talking about Mo Blackwell and what he has going on, but this defense is going to be uh, a much tougher foe than what Washington has been able to see this year. Yeah, and I, I mean, would think. and I think this is, you know, when you say your best player on offense is is not playing, your best player on defense is. Demo is a great player. Jalen Ford was your best player this season. Yep. So you're still being able to have Jalen Ford in there. Your secondary, who stepped up a lot more at the end of the season, they're going to have their hands full. But I, I'm excited to see this this defense get a little bit more work in. They talked about it some in the pressers about confidence. And I think this defense has confidence right now mm-hmm. that they're going to be able to go out there and get some stops. They want to go against a guy who got the Heisman votes and Michael Penix that everyone's talking highly about. And I think they want to go prove, you know, as much as you don't care about really conference, like if you're a player, you're not necessarily like, man, I'm supporting the Big 12. But I think you're also at a point going, man, they're talking a lot of trash that Pac-10 is really good yeah. and these guys can come out and beat everybody and they got the best offenses. Uh, no. Yeah. No, we played against the best offenses. Very true. So I think that there's something to be said where, I mean, it, for me too, it's going to be a lot of this D-line. And I told you this yesterday, the D-line and the O-line, I think we have the advantage in both of those. Yep. And I think both of those, we can play more physical. And if those defensive and offensive line set the tone of being a physical team and just going in there and punching you in the mouth, then this game can be controlled by Texas but you need those guys to want to be there, and uh, you're hoping because you're returning pretty much everyone with Bedemo that they're going to be able to go out there and play the physical style they, they were getting known for at the end of the year. And that's the thing that we need to see from Texas. You know, you're going to be a lot fresher because you've had the time off. Yeah. And, you know, I heard uh, uh, Kirby Smart talking about his group and them going ones against ones during the week, and they call it Bloody Tuesday where everybody goes at it. I think Texas had those types of weeks as well, and I know that they're probably looking at it also and saying this is our big challenge. Everybody's hyping up this offense. Let's go out there and make some plays, and we'll we'll talk about it a lot more tomorrow when we get involved with the uh, pregame show. By the way, we will be at Rock Rose, Lavaca Street, uh, at Rock Rose, doing the pregame show. Ball Don't Lie will be there first at 3 o'clock, and then we will roll right in to the pregame show, 4 o'clock to 7 o'clock, as we just basically do our whole entire show there (laughs) with E. Hogan checking in from uh, San Antonio. But when you look at this team and what is expected of them, 
They've got Deshaun Jameson playing his last football game at the University of Texas. He can go out there and make a name for himself before he gets into the draft and and before they go to the workouts. Um, Anthony Cook, who was once in the transfer portal, came back, heard his mom was the one who talked him back into it. He came back, made some big plays, and became a vital part of the success that the defense had. You got Jade Barron in the secondary. All these guys that are ball hawks are having this opportunity now to go up against a quarterback that everybody's looking at. Everybody's going to be paying attention to how he plays against this strong defense of the Texas Longhorns, and this is going to be a big opportunity for those guys. Yeah, and I'll throw in Keandre Coburn as a guy that if he's able to get any pressure just authentically up the middle that mm-hmm. without anything, you know, without drawing up plays for him or anything else, if he's able to kind of push on that O-line and make them have harder times guarding guys on the outside, if he's able to do that, a lot of NFL scouts are going to like watching him yep. be able to go, all right, he's a big man who can who can tackle, but can he add that extra element? And you know they're going to be throwing the ball, so that's somewhere he's going to be able to shine as well. That's going to be a huge, huge part of it because we all know that this front four for the Texas Longhorns are led the nation in pressures, quarterback pressures, and they're going to continue to do that if they can get that good push up front. And all these guys are putting some one last thing on tape. As Bucky told us the other day, they get another opportunity to put something on film that these scouts are going to be able to break down as well and say, that dude has something in his tank. So yeah, it's that be was fun. Uh, Anthony Cook and Keandre Coburn talked about why they were playing in it, and it was, hey, man, Look, we're, they told they Bo Davis told us they play 17 in the NFL, so might as well play another one. <laughs> exactly. So we're going to go out there and we're going to prove that we're the better guys, and why not put something else on tape and go get them? So I love the attitude they have, and I think both those guys understand that they may not be draft picks yet, and they're on that edge. That, yep. Hey, man, if you go ball out, though, and you can show what you can do, that may be the difference in somebody's war room. Yeah, and that's important, especially when you're trying to make a make a roster – Going into hey, you next know, year. you know, it's all about getting on one person's good side, that's and it can all change you all need. your fortunes. That's all you need. Get one person to like you, and that's how it all happens. And we all have seen it too. And this is not us being, like we say, hyperbolic. This is us going. We've seen guys that don't get drafted high from the University of Texas, if they don't even get drafted at all, go into the NFL and make an impact. Guys are still making impacts every single day. So it may now we're starting to see development here, though, and that's the other part of it. We may see some a lot of guys get drafted that we weren't expecting it, but if they get that opportunity to go out there and put up big numbers, it's going to be a lot of fun. But coming up next, we're going to talk about this great night that uh, Marcus Carr had with the Lifetime Longhorn. His name just happens to be Chris Clack. And we'll talk about what the what he sees in this basketball team and what he's looking for as we continue to move forward. All that and more right here on Ball Don't Lie on 104.9 The Horn. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Ladies and gentlemen, guys and dolls, the main event of the evening for your entertainment and pleasure. Mike, you have to be so combative. Now, I probably wouldn't say this in front of white folks. 
But in front of y'all, I'm gonna speak my mind. He has emotional anger issue problems. Hey, are you Dirty Mike and the boys? I'm Mike Lowry. Michael! Oh, that's funny. Michael! Well, welcome back to a midweek movie theme edition of Ball Don't Lie. It's your boy Harbaugh Harge. You can follow me on Twitter at Harbaugh Harge. You can follow my man Rod Babers, who is coming back today at Rod Babers. You can harass him like that. Or you can get uh, hit up my boy Patrick Davis at It's Patrick Davis. And you can also be a part of the show and hit us up on the Specs text line, 512-337-3776. And joining us right now on the Vaqueros Cafe and Cantina Hotline, he's a lifetime Longhorn and one of the coldest to ever do it. I'm going to end up asking him about his McDonald's All-American team because I sent him the picture, and I couldn't believe all the names that was on that squad. But he also has seen somebody light it up, not only himself, light it up in the uh, Texas home court and that home court advantage. He is the one and only Chris Clack. Chris, how you doing, buddy? I'm doing good. How about yourself? I'm doing good. I mean, I, I sit back and I start thinking about the very first time that I ever met you, and, and it just ha- so happened to be when you came to Lubbock, Texas. I was living in Lubbock. My cousin Ira Clark was playing with y'all, and I came by, and I was like, who's that dude? He's like, man, that dude was a McDonald's All-American. I'm like, wait, what? He's from the ATX, too? And then I went out and watched you cook uh, Texas Tech, and I was like, oh, yeah, he can go get it. He can go get it. But, you know, we were talking about it earlier, me and Patrick were talking about what we saw last night from uh, Marcus Carr. But you were actually witness to the last 40-point game in the Frank Irwin Center by your buddy Reggie Freeman. Uh, yes, uh, he, uh, he, he had a real good night that night. Uh, I was recently uh, got some old VHS tapes. My parents pretty much taped every game I played in and converted them to DVD, and I was trying to, you know, post a lot of them on YouTube, and I happened to come across that game. And, uh, you know, it was Chris Heron and some other guys on the other, from Fresno State, but, you know, he went, you know, 43. He, he was on fire that night, so... Um, yeah. Yeah, he, he did his thing that night. <laughs> Chris, I wanted to ask you, you know, obviously Texas is off to a very hot start, 11-1, and and getting ready to head into uh, conference play. But when you start watching this team and everything that they're going through and how they're starting to jail right now, actually, when, when you watch this team, because you've been around the team quite a bit, what, what do you think and what have you seen with this squad? Well, I really like how uh, I was texting with some guys in this group text that we have about how they've been finishing games really well. And then, um, you know, that's before they took the the one loss they did, finished the game well against uh, Illinois, but that's the one, Mm -hmm. you know, loss that they have. But all the other games, they've been finishing games very well and, you know, knocking down free throws and guys are stepping up, hitting, you know, hitting big shots. And the main thing is, um, guys are, you know, playing their games and taking their shots. I mean, Timmy Allen is, I think, like the, 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 the glue that keeps everybody together. He's really good at, you know, getting to his shot and getting guys their shots as well. And then Marcus Carr is fine. He's just, well, I think right now, you know, with Beard being now, them guys are just playing all out and, and, and no holes bars and just, you know, putting everything out there. So I, I think it's, you know, helping, helping the team and, and helping everybody's, um, you know, overall morale as far as like you know, offensively putting points on the board and defensively they've been stopping everybody. If they can continue to play defense and and stop some of the, some of these guards, because when you get down to tournament play, it's going to be about guard play. 
And if, if guards can continue to play defense and, and score near the end, you know, they can go pretty far. Yeah, we're talking to Lifetime Longhorn, Chris Clack. And, Chris, um, you know, when I watch this team, one of the things that I was having a problem with early, even though they were winning games, it seems like the ball was stopping. It wasn't moving as freely. But for the last couple of weeks, it seems like they've improved and basically understood each other's role. How important is that as individuals? Because think about it. they got three point guards that are on the team, and most point guards are used to having the ball in their hands, and now they're all learning to play together. Some of these guys are, are new to the program, so they're trying to develop some sort of chemistry. How important is that of understanding your role and then actually going out there and executing it? Well, it makes you look good. It makes the team better. It makes everything flow um, the way it's supposed to flow. And, you know, a lot of times when guys play outside of their games, that's when you get the the, the mess-ups, the turnovers, the bad shots, and, and things look all flustered. So for the most part, when you keep guys stay within their role, um, everything's able to move in a lot smoother fashion. It looks better. It's a lot easier to watch on our on our eyes as fans. So, um you know, when guys are out there playing their games, I mean, it just looks it looks good. It's the way basketball is supposed to be played. And uh, there was a possession last night, and I'm speaking defensively, where they they was they the rotation was was perfect. Yeah. And you know, they they took the shot and got the rebound and and, and got got. And another thing, they're, they're pushing the ball down the court and, and not just walking the ball up every time. I mean, you know, I, I'm used to you know the running horns back and forth, <laughs> playing tempo, and guys shooting the ball as soon as they touch it type of offense, but you know, they're good shots, not necessarily, you know, just jacking up shots. But at the same time, I mean, you know, picking up the pace and and I think it would be good for these guys. And, and, and I think they're starting to do that a little bit more. Yeah, I think what we saw yesterday and, and the game previous against Louisiana Lafayette, I love the fact that they're getting up and down the floor. They got some athletic guys like Arterior Morris and Dylan Mitchell who can run the floor and jump out the gym. But they've also got that leadership, and you were talking about it, Timmy Allen, what he brings. And Bishop is starting to really understand exactly what he needs to be doing. But when a guy is feeling it like last night where Marcus Carr was on fire, and this was the first time that I've seen it in a long time where those guys were actually doing everything they possibly could to get him the ball. Uh, that's when you start you're, you're to see that. that clean. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. But sometimes you know as well as I do that some guys will be like, man, I'm going to stall him out for a minute. I'm going to keep that ball moving. Yeah, they're, they're, they'll, look, they'll look passive a lot of times. But, you know, they, you know if you're out there and you, you see a guy gets hot, just like you know, Reggie's night, the 43 night, of course we're trying to get the ball. The coach is drawing up every day he could for him to get the ball. Right. He was on fire. He was hot. So, I mean, those are things you know, from the first play of the game. I mean, he comes out here to a little mid-range jumper off the screen. So, from that point on, I mean, he was just locked in shooting the basketball. So you have no, you know, why why wouldn't you want to get that guy the ball? I was glad to see it too because I kept saying, just keep jacking it up, young man. This is the night. If you're gonna have a night like this, just keep shooting it, and they're gonna let you do it. Just make sure y'all get them rebounds because I'm gonna jack it up when I touch it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for sure, for sure. So let me ask you this, and I, I I don't want you to divulge and get in too deep into this conversation. But what does it mean when you're looking at 
you know, the situation has changed. Uh, Chris Beard obviously has to sit out. But Rodney Terry is is stepping in in the interim. And Rodney's been around this program for a long time, went off and became a head coach at two different stints, but able to come back and be able to be that calming voice on the sideline when the players are still probably trying to figure everything out and going through the turmoil. But they just it seems to be that those guys are focused strictly on basketball and blocking out the outside noise. Well, Rodney, uh, Coach Terry has done a good job of, of, of just having those guys go out there and let, let them play basketball, and just knocking out all the you know the noise and trying to block out all the the outside things that's going on with the with the with, with the program. And he's just done a great job of allowing them to, to play basketball, uh, and they're continuing to play ball on the, on the, mostly on the offensive end with the confidence and taking their shots and being confident in what they do. Um, because they've, they've, they've played, I've always they played defense from from game one. When they yep. you know, did that outstanding job against Timmy uh, and Gonzaga when they played that Oof, whole game, locked them down. Um, so, so, yeah, so they've done a great job defensively all year. It's just a matter of um, continuing to stay loose, continue to just block out the noise, and just go out there and, and play basketball, and everything else take care of itself. So, what is your realistic expectation? Of this young, this young, well, not young basketball team, but this team that is starting to gel together, and they've got some really good leaders that seem to be in the right place. What are your expectations as of right now for this basketball team? Uh, me, I'm always, you know, thinking, you know, the, the, you know, trying to think the best for our team, and you know, trying to go as far as possible. You know, hopefully, win the Big Twelve. You know, have a good showing out there in the Big 12 tournament, you know, then go on and, and go far in the tournament and talk about, you know, play on Monday night like Beard has been talking about from mm-hmm. day one. Um, and it's just having that mentality and, you know, if they continue, like I said before, if they continue to play defense, um, guard play is going to be crucial late, late, late in the season. And if everyone can stay healthy and, and stay aggressive defensively, and, and, and you know, we don't have a big inside presence, but we do a great job of rotating and, and protecting the paint. Um, if they can do that, I mean, the sky's living for this team. They can go out there and win as many games as possible. It's just a matter of, once again, blocking out the noise, playing basketball, and and just trying to go out there and win, and win games. That's it. No doubt. No doubt. We're talking to Lifetime Longhorn, Chris Clack. And, Chris, before I let you go, my man, I wanted to talk about this McDonald's All-American team that you just happened to be uh, the first actual uh, McDonald's All-American that ever come to the University of Texas. But I was looking at these names, and I sent it over to you. Uh, Courtney, I mean Courtney, Chauncey Billups, Kevin Garnett, mm-hmm. Vince Carter, <laughs> uh, Antoine Jamison, Stephon Marbury, Paul Pierce, uh, Sham God, I mean Robert Tractor Trailer, Ron Mercer, and, of course, my man Chris Clack. But you sit here and looking back on that time, being the first McDonald's All-American, and now Texas seems to be going after McDonald's All-American all the time now. But looking back at that team and looking at some of the careers that was out there, that was a damn impressive basketball team. What was those practices like? Uh, the practices were intense. Man. A lot of a lot of noise talking. <laughs> um, you know, a lot of those guys kind of knew each other already from the jump, so they you know knew each other's game. They played against each other many a time and with each other. So me coming in there, like, who is this kid from Texas? We, we've never seen him. I, I didn't go to any camps, Nike camps or Adidas or any of that. Even though I was invited, I just didn't know anything about it. Coming right. from Texas, being a football, being a football state, 
So I, you know, it, it was intense, man. And, and then knowing what I know now and playing with those guys is just a blessing. Just, I just, I just, I just knew that I was supposed to be there and went out there and, and, and did what I had to do. And and those guys are some, some great players. And be a lot, somehow a lot of Hall of Famers come off of that list. So no, no doubt, a, it, it was a it was a blessing, and amazing to play with those guys. That's unbelievable, man. And then you start looking back on your career and start reflecting on the people that you played with, the people that you played against, and what it's all about, man. That's why sports is so beautiful. It brings so many people together. You make so many connections. And just like Chris Beard said, he's bringing everybody back and making sure that the uh, family is whole around the Texas basketball. And I know that you guys have had a chance to go back and spend a lot of time there. I know Ira's been over there. He lets me know that you know he's enjoying his time being back around here. So it's good that you guys are still involved and still being part of the program because – I'm telling you, the foundation was set a long time ago. Sometimes there's some cracks in the foundation, but everybody brings it back together. Yes, and that's all we have to do. And Beard's done a great job of rebuilding the family and, and uniting the family, as they want to call it. So as long as we continue to do that, and um, to, to UT allows us to, to do these things, I mean, it, it, we're going to continue to do it because, you know, we, we're just like a Duke or just like in Kentucky. You know, we have the same family, same fraternity, so. No doubt. It's a matter of building on, building on top of that and making it greater. Well, there he is, man. I appreciate you taking the time, and congratulations to your daughter. Even though she's going to be a horn frog, we still love you, man. <laughs> uh, that's all good. I'll be uh, go go horns, and then also I'll be go frogs. <laughs> <laughs> there he is. We appreciate you, brother. Thanks for taking the time. All right. There Thank he is, you. Chris Clack, talking about what you saw last night and what's been over over the years and how he was in that gym when Reggie Freeman hit them 43 and they kept feeding him just like last night where all the fellas kept fat passing him the ball and letting Marcus Carr eat. When we come back, we got off the record. This is pretty interesting. If you've been paying attention to the Cheez-It Bowls and all these bowl games that are out there, I got a little bit of info that you might find, hmm, I guess you would say, interesting for some of these players that are having this opportunity. All that and more right here on Ball Don't Lie on 104.9 The Horn. D.D. Mega Doodoo. I'm sorry, Mangoodoo. Once it's turned on, the sign will spell out Deli Cat Essen. Well, well I don't get a break the head comb. Well, congratulations. Continue good sex in, the, good sex in the Big East. Thank you, Jimmy. And boom goes the dynamite. It's time for another edition of Off the Record. Do it live. I can, I'll write it and we'll do it live. And thing sucks. This edition of off the, off the Record obviously is definitely off the record. And one of the things that is going on, to, I think that's actually the game, the Cheez-It Bowl game is Oklahoma and Florida State, or is it Purdue? I know Oklahoma's in this game. Well, as I was watching this, and the Cheez-It Bowl, obviously, if you know anything about the of Cheez-Its, it is the cheesiest, as they like to say. Well, they have given rooms to some of the players. You have been a selected person to be able to stay in this room that looks kind of creepy if unless you are a cheesy type of person. And the Oklahoma punter um, is going to describe, his name is Michael Turk, and he was chosen to be one of the representatives in this room. 
and I'm going to retweet the the actual video of this, but I want y'all to listen to it and him describe his room tour of the Cheez-It Bowl room that they gave him. Now for the main area. After going through those Cheez-It beads, we are welcomed with a room that is completely Cheez-It themed. One of the cooler parts, in my opinion, is this Cheez-It robe. And, of course, the Cheez-It slides. I've heard some people say, oh, I couldn't sleep in that. It's too much color, and I don't know how comfortable the bed is. Well, guess what? It's very cheesy comfortable. We also got some custom feeling the Cheez-It's blinders for when you sleep. And this alarm clock will play this when I wake up. Thank you, Cheez-It, for partnering with me and giving me the cheesiest room in the entire country. And guess what? I'm still feeling the cheesiest. Let's go. How would you feel if that was your room, if you were chosen to be the one that sleep in the cheesiest room? And I'm talking about if you've seen the Cheez-Its boxes or the packages. Yeah. The room is completely decked out in that. I would. I think I would probably have anxiety. I wouldn't be able to sleep like this. What's funny is apparently there's no Cheez-Its in there. He did not mention a box of Cheez-Its. <laughs> I'm always somewhat thrown off by marketing campaigns that do not include the actual product. But he <laughs> got a Cheez-It robe. He's got yeah. slippers. Yeah, it's not a fashion company, he right? Does they, make, not, they make snacks. They make food they with make real snacks. cheese. He's a punter. He can eat all the cheese that he wants. <laughs> exactly. No, no one is expecting him to be. Look, I mean, you get that nice sea bass body. Sebastian yeah. Janikowski body. No, I, it's it, it. I'm I'm sure you could sleep in it. And look, I'm sure as a punter, you're happy to get the nil money. Yes. It now I wonder how many people at Oklahoma turned it down before he got it. <laughs> <laughs> Where they were like, yeah, I guess the punter will go. We'll give it to the punter. Yeah. Yeah, but uh, that's it's a it's a bright room. It's a definite bright room. I've retweeted it on my social media, and I'm just telling you, it is. It's a sight to see. Now, now, do you think it make it easier or harder to get a girl back to your room if you have this going on? Because if you're just like, oh, it's a regular hotel room, I don't have a selling point. But if you're like, no, do you want to go up? And, and check out and see if I'm the cheesiest. <laughs> yeah, but I don't feel like making cheese sounds very sexy. So no. I don't know. I don't know what phrase you're going to use in there. But I don't think that would be the term <laughs> that you would lose, especially when you walk through those string beads. That was hanging down. I don't know if those are supposed to be cheese as well. It was just, <laughs> it's just something that is really, really uh, strange. But it's part of the marketing, and that was the marketing that they wanted to put out there. But I, I don't know how I would feel if I was the one that was chosen to go in there. I would go in there, check it out, take the pictures, do what I did. But I would have to get out of there because I don't know. It, there was just so much that was happening in that video. If I'm a college kid. And I've been sharing a room and sharing rooms with people. <laughs> and they were like, do you want your own room? I'd be like, yeah. Like, it's going to be bright. Cool. It's mine. It's going to be, be the my room, right? I don't, I don't care. But put whatever product you want in there. It's my room, right? Yeah, that's very true. I'd be, I'd be cool with that. That is very true. And if true. I was the punter and they're like, hey, do you want something? I'd be like, wait, the punter? I'm no Michael Dixon over here. Exactly. Like, you got to get me some? You're pretty close, though. Your name is Turk, Michael Turk. <laughs> Michael so Turk. now you got a chance to go out there. I just, I just think it's something that is uh, it's really cool and unique for all those, those things that are happening because you're part of something. And he did a great job of marketing it yeah. to people. So I guess that's what they wanted out of it. But I, I would be the one to be like, man, I might have to spend money on my own room. 
He, what, if he, what if they show him at the game and he is just he is just tired? Got cheese all over his <laughs> just face. Cheese, just tired. <laughs> they, they when they celebrate the win or the loss because they're playing Florida State. That's who they're playing. Florida State in the Cheese Bowl. Basically, it's the Orlando Camping World Bowl, sponsored by Cheez Its. I don't know how they're doing all that either. But uh, I'm just sitting there looking at it, and I'm like, ugh. That thing looks a little bit terrible, bro. Yeah, so we gonna see. So the other guys that are gonna be doing it, Florida State's uh, wide receiver Micah Pittman. Mm-hmm. Uh, he LSU, was excited about they're it. They're also too. doing the Citrus Bowl, so it'll be the LSU quarterback Garrett Nussmeier and Purdue wide receiver Tyrone Tracy. So if any of these guys just have a ex- like exceptionally bad game, are we gonna blame it on this? <laughs> you that is your that is your option. Now you have an out. Like if you do that, you're just if like, he you're shanks like, oh, yeah. every punt. That goes out. Yeah, man, I was sleeping on fake cheese pillows. <laughs> and then, my neck's all messed up. And then the wide receiver for um the 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 wide receiver for Florida State, is he gonna drop every pass and blame it on the room? Oh, he's gonna drop, drop all the passes with my fingers. My, you know, my cheesy. fingers are too cheesy. Yeah. It's it's uh it's a great, I guess, marketing ploy. And like I said, the punter did his job of of marketing it for them and putting it out on social media and showing all about it. But I just don't know. I mean, like you said, I'm a kid that didn't that had to share a room with somebody for a while. I think I'm good being in there by myself. I'm good. I'm good and don't forget, you know, we're talking about how loud the room is and all the colors. They did give him the eye covers. Yeah. Yeah, so he has something that he could close his eyes and it'll be covered up so he won't have to see it. Yeah, you. I mean, you turn out the lights. <laughs> you turn out the lights. If you, man, if you get like a hotel room dark, yes. there's no, there's no dark like a hotel room dark. When you cut, when you close them blinds up, and then you wake up at five thirty in the morning, hungover, and you don't know where you are. Yes, exactly. That, that thirty <laughs> seconds to a minute, the creepiest time of your life when you're like, I don't know where I am. I don't know what I'm doing. Yeah, no doubt, no doubt. <laughs> Well, hopefully they go out there and play a little bit better, and we'll, we'll see how the post-game goes and see what kind of pitchers he posts later after either a victory or a loss and see who really is the cheesiest. When we come back, we're going to talk a little bit about the quarterback turmoil that is in the NFL, a lot of changes that are happening. Is it too late for the Washington Commanders to start tanking? My man Patrick doesn't think so. And is it time for us to start looking at Josh McDaniels as somebody that needs to go back to the Patriots? We'll talk about it when we get back right here on Ball Don't Lie on 104.9 The Horn.